Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Monter for the workday afternoon. We've spoken about knee injuries and treatments in adults and elderly before. But are these types of issues prevalent in the young? And what should parents be aware of? That's next on Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Today I'm joined on the phone by Dr. Hamid Ramatullah bin Abdul Raza, consultant, Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Sengkang General. As we look at knee issues in the young, doctor, welcome to the show. Hi, Clarissa. Thank you for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure to be here today sharing my thoughts with our listeners. All right. We're going to jump right in. First and foremost, as a parent yep. of uh, young men, what is, <laughs> what is young? Define young. That's a good question, um, Clarissa. You know, we have physiologic age and chronologic age. So when it comes to deep preservation for people with knee arthritis, we don't just look at their chronological age. Uh, we do take an age of 65 as a general cutoff between what we know as a young knee or an or a older knee. But really, we go into an in-depth discussion with any patient uh, with regards to their functional demands, what they would like to do uh, before we decide whether they are young enough for knee preservation or not. So it really depends on an individual, their aspirations, their functional demands, and of course, their general health status as well. We've seen young people with multiple medical problems who might not be very suitable for knee preservation because their function is not at a high level. Or we have older people who still play golf, who do mountain climbing, and they really need their knees to be functioning at a very high level and definitely they would benefit from knee preservation. Okay, so let me get this straight. What you're saying is yeah. it, there's a possibility that it's a 22-year-old person with 67-year-old knees. Absolutely, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Or a 67-year-old with 22-year-old knees. Correct, exactly. <laughs> okay, I hope my knees are 22 because I, I am sure not. So. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about knee arthritis. Yeah. How prevalent is it in Singapore in, okay, let's talk chronologically, in real age in the younger population? Yeah, so, you know, knee arthritis is basically wear and tear of the knee joint. You know, uh, while we know that the main tissue that undergoes wear and tear in the knee is the cartilage, uh, well, the bones underlying the cartilage, the ligaments, the meniscus, which are like shock absorbers in the knee, as well as the covering tissue of the knee joint, sometimes known as a capsule and, and what we call the synovium, these are all tissues that are involved in a very complex process of wear and tear. Now, there's been no recent data, but uh, if you go back to 2018, a local study conducted in Singapore uh, by local researchers, uh, you know, they cited that the prevalence of knee arthritis is about 11%, with a very sharp rise in the prevalence after the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the Singapore population, that means there are 600,000 individuals in Singapore alone. And if you look at global data, it's staggering. You know, we have said that uh, prevalence can be as high as 20 to 25% in individuals age 40 and above. And I said earlier that less than 65, we, we, we take you as a young patient. So 40 to 65 is indeed a younger population. And staggeringly, there's 600 over million individuals in that age group that have knee arthritis worldwide today. So it, it is a very prevalent problem in our, in our local population as well. Okay. Now, again, as the mother of young men, um, yep. our, we have spent a lot of our time in the last years 
as parents, encouraging our children to be more active, to be more yep. adventurous, to get out there, go exercise and whatever, and be healthier, yes? Yep. Now, is there a downside to all that encouraging? Are you seeing knee arthritis starting to appear in 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds before we hit that 40-year-old age mark? You're absolutely spot on, Clarissa. We have seen an increasing uh, trend of seeing younger patients with signs of early arthritis. All, all the more in recent years, uh, when people have taken up new hobbies of, of cycling and, and, and running, right, uh, mm-hmm. to, to promote uh, being active as well as to, you know, have a, preserve our mental health, to have some active lifestyle going on. Um, well, it all boils down to a safety culture and, and um, how we look after ourselves and whether we listen to our bodies. It is important to remain active. Part of the treatment or of prevention of arthritis is to be moderately active so that you get the right exercise, your muscles are preserved. They work well and they keep the knee healthy. But at the same time, we need to look after ourselves and, and be safe when we, when we be active and not to be reckless uh, because that's when we run into trouble, getting uh, knee injuries where we injure our meniscus and our ligaments. And then that sets us back or sets the knee back a few years. And, and that's when you have early onset of, uh, of arthritis. So, um, well, we want to be active as much as possible, but we also want to uh, imbibe a culture of personal safety and awareness uh, where we participate in especially higher risk sports and activities. Right, okay. Now let's talk about knee preservation. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea what that actually means. Sure, L- let me break it down for you now. Knee preservation is essentially an approach, right, by any orthopedic or, or knee surgeon to basically restore the motion and the function of the knee without actually replacing the joint. Now, we know that the end-all solution for knee arthritis is a knee replacement. So we're looking at alternative methods of of, uh, preserving the knee, and uh, these uh, methods are collectively known as knee preservation. They can include things like injections, uh, surgery to repair or replace the damaged ligaments, the meniscus, and the cartilage of the knee. And last but not least, realignment of the knee so that we distribute the forces that go across the knee. These procedures that I've mentioned can be performed you know, in isolation or in a combined fashion. Now, the rationale of knee preservation basically lies in the fact that younger people do not do too well with knee replacement. Uh, it is well known that they have very unpredictable and inferior outcomes, and we really want to reserve knee replacement for older people with end-stage arthritis and the younger people that you know, have higher demands of the knee. We want to preserve the knee because a knee replacement will not allow them to continue uh, having a very active and, and high uh, functional uh, lifestyle, so to speak. Okay, so you're saying that if a young person in their, say, tw- mid-20s yep. um, develops knee arthritis from cycling or skateboarding or, I don't know, skydiving, because they, yep. they're doing all these kinds of things now, right? Yep. Yep. Knee replacement is not the best solution for them because you ultimately want to give them the opportunity to continue to do those things after treatment. That's right. Although it's not very common to see someone in their 20s with knee arthritis, it's more realistic in the later stages of 30s or 40s. But you're absolutely right. Because they have such a high demand for their knees, uh, a knee replacement, even given the advent of technology that we have reached the peak of implant science, can only last, you know, 15, maximum 20 years if you push it. And that is even in a sedentary person or older individual. So a younger patient would expect the knee replacement to last even uh, shorter. And, you know, if you're going to go for a second round or even a third round of knee replacement you got, because you got your first one done in your 30s or 40s, mm-hmm. uh, you go on a spiraling downward trend where you get lesser and lesser 
outcomes from the knee replacement. So that is the rationale of doing knee preservation in patients who are young and present with arthritis. All right. Now you said there's a there's a range of knee preservation treatments. Yep. Let's talk about some of them. Who is most suitable for, and uh, when surgery comes into view? Yes, uh, it, it's a very good question. Now, when we look at the knee, we assess the knee in its entirety. I mentioned previously that the knee has various tissues. So each of these tissues, like the cartilage, the meniscus and the ligaments, would be assessed both by the surgeon or the doctor examining the knee as well as with advanced imaging that we have, like magnetic resonance imaging, we call it MRI scan. Uh, and also, importantly, the alignment of the leg is also important. We have heard of deformities such as bow-legged deformity or knock knees. These are basically malalignments of the knee. And because of that, the weight of the person goes through preferentially one compartment of the knee rather than being distributed centrally in the knee. And this, again, uh, worsens symptoms and, and drives the process of wear and tear. So, for example, if a person has a bow-legged deformity uh, and he might have some cartilage wear, not real uh, advanced arthritis, but maybe a a part of the knee that has a bit of thinning or worn-out cartilage, uh, a knee preservation procedure will involve uh, restoring the cartilage and at the same time restoring the alignment of the knee, which can be done with a surgery known as osteotomy, which essentially means we alter the alignment of the one or two of the bones of the leg to make it straight so that the weight of the person is very much better distributed and therefore slowing down the progression of the cartilage wear in any one compartment of the knee. Okay, so basically it is individually assessed. Yeah, you, you can call it an a la carte approach, for example. <laughs> so what a person needs, we, we, we do it for them. And each patient has different needs in regards to uh, restoring their function as well as to address the individual parts of the knees that need preservation or restoration. All right, and how young is too young for knee preservation to start? Yes. So, well, you know, it's generally thought that knee preservation techniques tend to have more positive outcomes in younger people. Uh, However, these techniques may also be sometimes preferred in older persons who are perhaps not fit to undergo major joint replacement surgery or if they're older but wish to remain active. Now, having said that, I think I spoke about this earlier, there's no real set age for knee preservation, although we arbitrarily set an age of, what, 65 as a Mm -hmm. soft threshold. Now, realistically, whether you may benefit from knee preservation procedures would really depend on a host of factors, which includes not just the age, but the extent of the wear and tear or the arthritis of the knee, whether the patient has any concomitant knee injuries, as I mentioned previously, ligament, cartilage or meniscus injuries, the weight of the patient is important as well, and most importantly, the activity level of the patient as well as the general health profile of the patient as well before we make a decision on whether a knee preservation procedure would be suitable for this patient. Okay, now for our young adults who might be listening in, um, the question of risks will come up because they Certainly. want to stay mobile, they want to stay active. So what kind of risks should they be considering? Yeah, so when we talk about risk of knee preservation, it would vary with the type of procedures as uh, you know, there are a variety of procedures involved, you know, can range from simple injections to complex surgery. Uh, generally speaking, it is common knowledge that the more complex the surgery is, the higher the risk. Uh, the general risk that would apply to any surgery uh, would apply to knee preservation surgery as well. And these include things like infection, wound complications, injury to blood vessels, nerves, unintended fractures. Uh, and thankfully, you know, it might sound very daunting, but in the hands of an experienced uh, surgical team that has you know, done knee preservation procedures for a considerable period of time, uh, we do know that this risk and complications, thankfully, remain low. 
Um, having said that, uh, sometimes when things go wrong, uh, you know, we have this concept of burning the bridge. So always worried that if when things go wrong, when we preserve the knee, uh, that the patient might then end up in a worse situation than not doing anything at all. But as I said, with experienced surgical teams approaching these patients, risk of these complications remain low and they remain the best possible chance of restoring the function in these uh, young people who want to remain, um, remain active. Right. But... Is there activities that after knee preservation they should be avoiding? Great question, Clarissa. Again, you know, this would depend on the exact type of procedure performed. Now, generally, as a surgeon, I would have a very in-depth conversation with my patients on what they hope to achieve after a knee preservation procedure. And at times, I would have to moderate their expectations but the general principle remains that you know we want to restore the knee to the extent that the patient is able to remain active with minimal knee symptoms, which means we want to get rid of their pain. We want to be able to get them back to the level they want to be at. But sometimes, you know, based on certain factors, which includes the state of the knee itself, the patient's age, or other medical conditions they may have, they may need to modify their lifestyle and perhaps you know reduction of the frequency of high impact sports, for example, or you know reducing training intensity in in, in professional or semi-professional athletes may be required for them to get the best outcomes of knee preservation. For example, if someone has moderate arthritis and we have done some knee preservation procedure, we know that they're not far off from having more full-blown serious arthritis. We may tell them that they may need to reduce their high-impact activities to get the best outcome from the knee preservation so that the knee arthritis doesn't progress as fast as it would otherwise. Right. So again, it is rather individual to the patient itself. That's right. Okay. For me, being a a parent, my question is always going to come back to, can all of this be avoided? Yeah, so can knee arthritis be prevented? I Mm. mean, that's uh, that's a golden question, right? Unfortunately, I don't have a magic solution (laughs) here. Um, as you know, some of the factors associated with knee arthritis, whether we like it or not, are non-modifiable and, and not within our control, right? And, and this includes our genetic makeup. There is evidence, scientific evidence to show that arthritis can be passed on from generation to generation. You know, some medical conditions like if you have gout, for example, or another underlying uh, problem such as rheumatoid arthritis which attacks your joints, uh, you know, your joints just uh, undergo a certain degree of degeneration. But thankfully, though, on the other side, there are modifiable factors that we are able to control to ensure that our joints remain healthy uh, and have as low a risk as possible to develop arthritis. And now this includes, you know, simple things like having a balanced diet, managing your weight well, keeping our joints healthy with moderate level of exercises. And even if you're a very active sports person, uh, alluding to the fact that I spoke about earlier, to ensure safe training methods, to have good personal awareness, uh, to prevent knee injuries. Abiding by all these principles, uh, it gives us a good chance to keep our knees healthy for as long as possible, given the fact that there are some factors that are just beyond our control. Okay, so short answer, not completely preventable. Uh, yes, that's probably looking at the uh, you know a glass uh, half empty. We look at glass half full. There's still many other factors that we can modify and is within our control to ensure that we have give our knee the best chance of lasting for as long as possible without needing any complex surgery. Right, unless of course genetics are against you. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've been speaking with Dr. Hamid Ramatullah bin Abdul Raza. Consultant, Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Sankang General. Doctor, thank you for the time and the information. It's been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure for me to share something that I'm really passionate about. Thank you, Clarissa, for the opportunity. Thanks very much for sharing then.
I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. This is Money FM 89.3, Singapore's most influential radio station. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tian Tian's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.